the viewer of television, the listener to the radio, the reader of the magazines, is presented with a whole complex of elements, all the way from ingenious rhetoric to carefully selected data and statistics, to make it easy for him or her to make up their own mind, with the minimum of difficulty and effort. But the packaging is often done so effectively that the viewer, listener, or reader does not make up his own mind at all. Instead, he inserts a packaged opinion into his mind, somewhat like inserting a cassette into a cassette player. He then pushes a button and plays back the opinion whenever it seems appropriate to do so. 64,000 is the median number of words per book. Average person reads about 200 words per minute. Simple math will tell us that is one book in 320 minutes. To accomplish this in seven days, numbers say you would have to read for 45 minutes a day. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit that notification button, like, comment, and share. Enjoy. Welcome to the Book of the Week series. Every week as I read another amazing title, I share it with the world. My name is Igor S.F. Walker, and today we look at how to read a book. The Classic Guide to Intelligent Reading by Charles Van Duren and Mortimer Adler. So how about you slow down and relax? Reduce all that noise for just a bit. Make that choice and decide to listen. In this video, we look at a title that explains not just why we should read books, but how we should read them. It is masterfully done. From the elementary reading through systematic skimming and inspectional reading to speed reading, it has it all. Stick around till the end. I will share with you some tools. I do have a news that will help you tremendously in this game of life. Discover a way to find out what actually motivates you. What innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. I will share some tools to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management, and relationship management. The art of reading whereby the process whereby a mind with nothing to operate on but the symbols of the readable matter and with no help from outside the mind elevates itself by the power of its own operations the mind passes from understanding less to understanding more this skilled operation and operations that cause this to happen are the various acts that actually constitute the art of reading. To avoid this error, the error of assuming that to be wildly read and to be well read are the same thing, we must consider a certain distinction in types of learning. This distinction has a significant bearing on the whole business of reading and its relation 
to education generally. A doctor may do many things for his patient, but in the final analyses, it is the patient himself who must get well, grow in health. The farmer does many things for his plants or animals, but in the final analysis, it is they that must grow in size and excellence. Similarly, although the teacher may help the students in many ways, it is the student himself or herself who must do the learning. Knowledge must grow in their mind if learning is to take place. The difference between learning by instruction and learning by discovery, or as we prefer to say, between aided and unaided discovery, is primarily a difference in the materials on which the learner works. For those of us who are no longer in school, we have observed that it is necessary, if we want to go on learning and discovering, to know how to make books teach us well. In this situation, if we do want to go on learning, then we must know how to learn from books which are absent teachers. Language is not a perfect medium for the expression of thought, because one word can have many meanings, and two or more words can have same meaning. We can see how complicated it is the relation between an author's vocabulary and his terminology. One word may represent several terms, and one term may be represented by several words. Any old book contains facts that are somewhat surprising to us because they are different from what we know. But when you are reading for understanding, it is not that kind of novelty that you are seeking. Your interest in the author himself, or in his language, or in the world in which he wrote, is one thing. Your concern to understand his ideas is a quite another thing. It is this concern that the rules we are discussing here can help you to satisfy, not your curiosity about other matters. If you say that you know what the author means, but can only repeat the author's sentence to show that you do, then you will not be able to recognize the author's proposition if it were presented to you in other words. The reader who has not seen through the words to the proposition they do convey is likely to treat the equivalent sentences as if they were statements of different propositions. Reading a book is a kind of a conversation. You may think it is not a conversation at all, because the author does all the talking and you have nothing to say. If you do think that, then you do not realize your full obligation as a reader, and you are you're not grasping your opportunities.
As a matter of fact, the reader is the one who has the last word. You must be able to say with reasonable certainty, I understand. Before you can say one of the following things, I agree, or I disagree, or I suspend judgment. These three remarks exhaust all the critical positions you can take. We hope you have not made the error of supposing that to criticize is always to disagree. That is a popular misconception. To agree is just as much an exercise of critical judgment on your part as to disagree. You can be just as wrong in agreeing as in disagreeing. To agree without understanding is inane. To disagree without understanding is impudent. The child is a natural questioner. It is not the number of questions he or she asks, but their character that distinguishes him or her from the adult. Adults do not lose the curiosity that seems to be due native human trait, but their curiosity deteriorates in quality. They want to know whether something is so, not why. But children's questions are not limited to the sort that can be answered by encyclopedia. What happens between the nursery and the college to turn the flow of questions off, or rather to turn it into the dollar channels of adult curiosity about matters of fact? A mind not agitated by good questions cannot appreciate the significance of even the best of answers. The task falls mainly on you. It is you who, henceforth, must do all the work and obtain all the benefits. You will not improve as a reader. If all you do read are books that are well within your capacity, you must tackle books that are beyond you. Only books of that sort will make you stretch your mind. And unless you stretch, you will not learn. The reward, of course, is of two kind. First, there is the improvement in your reading skills that occurs when you successfully tackle a good, difficult book. Second, and this in the long run is much more important, a good book can teach you about the world and about yourself. You learn more than how to read better. You also learn more about life. You become wiser. There is no limit to the amount of growth and development that the mind can sustain. The mind does not stop growing at any particular age. Only when the brain itself loses its vigor. In senescence, does the mind lose its power to increase in skill and in understanding? The mind can atrophy, like the muscles, if it is not used. Atrophy of the mental muscles is the penalty that uh, we do pay for not taking mental exercise.
television, radio, and all the sources of amusement and information that do surround us in our daily lives are also artificial props. They can give us the impression that our minds are active because we are required to react to stimuli from outside. But the power of those external stimuli to keep us going is limited. They are like drugs. We grow used to them and we continuously need more and more of them. Eventually, they have little or no effect. Then, if you do lack resources within yourself, if we lack them within ourselves, we cease to grow intellectually, morally, and spiritually. And when we cease to grow, we begin to die. And there you have it. How to read a book. Please, do help out. It is easy. Simply like this video. Like it, like it, like it, so more, more people can enjoy it. Share it. Spread the word. Do leave a comment and share your thoughts. Start a conversation. Subscribe to my channel and stay up to date. And the link to this book is in the description below. So buy it and read and never stop learning. Especially learning about yourself and nature. So gift yourself by taking the free human needs test on my website and then find out what actually motivates you, what innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. And if you feel you are ready to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management and relationship management even further, do check out my Master of Life Awareness program. The links are in the description below. Thank you. Love and respect.